This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, uh, today we're continuing Igeret uh, Haramban. And really, this is one of the most beautiful chapters of Igeret Haramban. So the Ramban tells us, he discussed certain qualities that a person should work on. And the first quality he discusses is the concept of continuing one's traditions. The traditions of your father and your mother, continuing the traditions which is brought down by Shlomo Melech. And which, what does that mean? It means continue Jewish traditions. A person could continue learning Torah, the traditions of our forefathers, and uh, listening to the Musa, the ethics of our forefathers. So the Pegiavot is ethics of our forefathers. And then he says, number two, is always speak to people gently and softly, which is very hard to do. A person gets excited, they raise their voice. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time with the spouse, with the in-laws, with the outlaws, with the... <laughs> you know the joke, it says the outlaws are more wanted than the in-laws. Mm-hmm. Oh, outlaws wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Wanted. Okay. So a person's got to try and speak gently to everyone. It's so hard. People infuriate you, don't raise your voice. It's so hard. It's one of the big tests. One of the big tests is speak gently and quietly to people. And soon they get fed up with you. <laughs> You're not exciting, you know. Okay. So he says to do that at every person and every time. It doesn't make a difference. Most some people say, you know, I'm under stress today. That's why I blew up because I was under stress. Today's a hard day at work. Da, da, da. It's, mm. He says, no, every time and every person. It doesn't matter who it is. Always be gentle. And that's how you'll be saved from anger. The main thing, number one, is to be safe from anger. The worst trait, one of the worst traits, is to get angry. Angry destroys the person. Anger destroys the person. We're going to talk about. It's the trait which causes the most pain and trouble to a person. It makes a person sin. Anger. Where do we see this? Right at the beginning of the Torah. Who got angry? Cain. Kills his brother. He kills his brother. Killing his brother. Fratricide. Fratricide. Right at the beginning, he got angry. In a fit of rage, he killed his brother. Fit of rage. It's the worst trait. That's what Rabbi said. Whoever gets angry, all types of gehinam. Where's my hell? All types of hell break loose around him. They're surrounded by. As Shlomo Melech says, if you remove anger from your heart, you remove evil from your flesh. How many people get heart attacks with anger? Yeah. High blood pressure, anger. They ruin relationships with anger. Everything is anger. So evil is gain. <coughs> so a person, the, the quickest route to gain is anger. A person loses temper, starts screaming, shouting. <coughs> it's so hard. When a person is saved from, the, from anger, they work on their trait of anger, they get to a trait of humility. Mm. Now, it's interesting. I would say it's the other way around. Right? You start with humility. If you're humble, you'll cure your anger. No! If you cure your anger, you'll get to humility. Mm. Wow. And humility is the best of all the traits. Humility is one of the best of the traits. The Ramban says, mm-hmm. From all the good traits... Mm-hmm. Humility is the best trait. Humility is the best of all the traits. As it's had to be now, Shlomo Melech says, Ekev anava The heel of anava is fear of sin. The heel of anava, which means anava is way above 
Yirat Ched. What's higher? I would say, I would say, Yirat Hashem, Yirat Ched is the highest level. No. Anava is higher than Yirat Ched. How do we know? Because the heel of Anava is the fear of sin. Ekev Anava, Yirat Hashem. It's not even Yirat Ched. It's even the fear of Hashem. So the heel of Anava is Yirat Hashem. And because of the humility, a person will obtain Yirat Shemaim. Because through humility, a person will Yirat Shemaim. Why? Because a person with Gaava will deny Hashem. A person says, I am the greatest. Who's God? Who's God? What did God do for me today? Okay? You say that. Because you have Anava. But a person with no humility will say, I don't believe in God. Who's the classic? Paro! Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Paro. Paro, I got a message to you from Hashem. What does he say? Me Hashem! Who is your Hashem? Who is Hashem? Mm. I am Hashem. What do you mean? Paro says, I am Hashem. So a person who has no humility will have no Yerat Shemaim. Mm-hmm. So the first step is, humility is the highest one of the top. It's the top Midah. And Yerat Hashem is based on humility. How does a person get humility? So he says, Where do you come from? Where do we come from? Putrid drop. Can't imagine, right? The person says, oh, Putrid drop, what are you talking about? I'm a great person. I'm a big, a big shot. Okay. No. A person comes from a little drop. Mm-hmm. Sick drop. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. The smell. And it's disgusting. How do we come from it? How do you even think about that? See the pictures of the... What's it called? Fetus. Huh? Fetus? The fetus. In before the fetus. What's yeah. it called? Embryo. Embryo. Before the embryo. Just the sperm, sperm cell. Sperm. Egg. It's like a little thing and flying. It's a little like a mouse, shaped like a mouse. Inside the. And there's only one that makes. So it's a zygote. What is it? Zygote. 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 What is it? It's hard to imagine. Hard to think about it. it? Oh, but Hashem did that. Huh? He did. Yeah, himself. but a person remembers that. That they should think about it. That's who I am. The more, the, the more I st- go into science. The more that it's just miraculous how Hashem did this. Well, if you talk to most scientists, they don't believe in God, especially biologists. The biologists should believe the most in Hashem because they see the wonders of the human body. They're the ones who believe least in Hashem. We're lucky. We have one of the most religious biologists in the world in our shul, <laughs> Isaac Gettery. Yeah. He's a professor of biology. He says, you know how hard it is to be a religious professor of biology? Difficult. They can't catch you because they'll throw you out. Nah. Honestly, I think it is. I think you're crazy. Number two, a person should think, okay, now I'm alive. Okay, now I'm putrid drone anymore. What should I think I am? What does uh, David Amel say? Ani rima vetolea. Mm. I'm a worm. Wow. That's David Amel. Abraham Avinu says, I'm dust and ashes. Ani achav anuchia farva efer. That's it. A worm. What do you mean we're a worm? What do you mean by a worm? Listen. Not so well. I don't know if they, What do you mean? A person should think about themselves. What do you mean, worm? I'm a caterpillar. Okay, whatever it is. <laughs> Going in. What does that mean? That means a person should be I'm humble. Pretty humble. Eventually. You know what? But they didn't, they didn't say... One second, one second, slowly. There's another, there's another level, which is the highest level. Which is? Which is the level of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. V'nachnu oh. ma. What are what we? What is it called? We are what? What are we? Dirt. We are... No, they didn't say we're dirt. What are we? What do you what are we? We're nothing. So a person says, I'm dirt, dirt, at least there's something. A person says, I'm a worm, at least there's something. The Jewish people come to complain. There's nothing to eat, there's nothing to drink. Moshe, Aaron, what are we? 
are you talking to? We don't have a temper. We don't have an ego. Where's yours? You can say what you want to us. And similarly, and a person passes away. A person's going to think, what am I going to be after I pass away? So when I'm alive, I'm a worm. What am I going to be after, after I die? Of course, much worse. We don't see it. In Israel, you feel it more. Why? Because they bury the guy in a takrechim. They bury him straight in the earth with takrechim. Didn't Moshe have a temper? Yeah. How do you know? Shimuna Hamorim. Listen to me, rebellious people. Hashem says, ah, now you're going to lose your rights to go to Israel. Right? Yeah, but he knew that all, Hashem knew that all along they was never going to Israel. We don't know. How do you know what Hashem knew? Hashem knows the future, but he doesn't know your free choice. Where you're going to go, that's up to you. You oh, have your free choice. You have your free choice. Okay. He knows, obviously he knows what's going to happen, but you have free choice. So Moshe Rabbeinu could have done something different. So he could have changed his free choice? Yeah, of course. Of course, we all have free choice. We don't believe in fatalism. Fatalism is a different religion. That's Islam. The guy goes to jail, and then goes to court, and the guy says, why do you kill so-and-so? It was meant to be. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, it was meant to be, it wasn't going to have to be you. <laughs> it meant to be, but it wasn't meant to be you. It's like the, the Midrash says about the Mitzrim, the Egyptians, right? The Egyptians come and they defend themselves to God. God, you said that they're going to be 400 years in a land which is not theirs. They're going to be afflicted. So we afflicted them. Hashem <coughs> says, you're right. I've got a land which is not theirs. I didn't say it's going to be Egypt. I didn't say you're the guy who's going to afflict them. Why did you chose to afflict them. It didn't have to be you. Mm. So Hashem wants someone to do something. It's a beautiful story about um, Nero. Nero got a very bad rap by the Romans. It says he fiddled when Rome burnt. Yes. What does the Gemara say? The Gemara says he became a Jew. Yeah, that? Mm. Nero became a Jew. Really? That's what it means. He fiddled when Rome burnt. <laughs> he didn't care about Rome. He cared about, he became Jewish. Well, how did Nero become Jewish? Because it says he was sent to destroy the temple. He goes to Yushalayim to destroy the Beit HaMikdash. And we're on the way, he does all kinds of signs and things. He shows, shoots arrows over here, shoots arrows over there. Everything goes towards Yushalayim. So you know what he says? <coughs> he says, Hashem wants me to destroy Yerushalayim. He wants, me to, he wants to destroy Yerushalayim. He says, but it's not going to be me. I'm not going to be the one. Because I know if I do it, I'm going to get punished by him. Wow. He wants someone to destroy Yerushalayim. It doesn't have to be me. I'm not going to do it. He ran away, it says, and became Jewish. Wow. <laughs> Did the opposite. So in other words, sometimes Hashem wants someone to get punished, but you shouldn't be the one to punish him. Who says it's got to be you? Said someone else do it. Yeah. So a person's going to know, who are we? Who are we? So a person shouldn't get upset. and should get uh, egocentric. Because who are we? It's so hard to do. It's easy to say, and very hard to do. And a person's going to remember who they're going to give judgment to. In front of Hashem, of the Merach Akavod, who created heaven and earth, he's the God, he's the God, the mighty king who created heaven and earth. Okay, so what do we say so far? What do we say? Number one, we said, be humble. Number two, we said, control your temper. Number three, we said, you're at your mind. Okay, now we come to chapter 11 in this book. And the Ramban says, once you've acquired these traits, you'll find happiness with your lot. This is a very, very amazing Ramban. How does a person become happy? How do you become happy? And the answer is you've got to realize that all the unhappiness in the world is a product of bad traits. If a person is unhappy, 
that proves that they have bad midot. A person who is unhappy, who is angry, a person who is jealous, a person who is never content, how can he be happy? So the product, what causes us to be unhappy is our bad traits. No one can cause us to be unhappy. They give us reasons to be unhappy. Doesn't mean they can affect your behavior. A person can say, listen, he doesn't rule me. He doesn't tell me what to do. Why should I become happy? unhappy because of him. So it's important to understand that. That our traits cause us to be happy or unhappy. Saramban so says, I guarantee, if you remove anger and you remove pride and you get some Yerat Shemaim, you're going to be happy. Psh, that's amazing. You always think you need to have something to be happy. You don't need to have something. You need to have Midot to be happy. That's the key. So a person who has good qualities will be happy. Ezu Ashir, very famous, Benzema, Asamehabi Alko. But he doesn't tell us how to do it. How do you be happy with your lot? He doesn't say, if you're happy with your lot, you're wealthy. Right? There's Osher with an Ayin and Osher with an Aleph. Right? Osher with an Ayin is wealth, physical wealth. Osher with an Aleph is happiness. So you have to bless someone, you get Osher with Osher. Happiness, happiness. Happiness and wealth. So people think wealth makes me happy. No. What is wealth? Wealth is a state of mind. Wealth is a state of mind. Amazing. So in other words, where is happiness? Is it in the mall? Yeah. It's in your head. Happiness is not in the mall. People think they, you know, if I go to the mall, if I go to the mall, I'll be happy. If I go to work, I'll be happy. If I go to my office, I'll be happy. If I go here, I'll be happy. Exactly. It's a state of mind. You can make yourself happy wherever you are. The only problem is, my bad traits are the ones that make me unhappy. If a person has bad midot, that's going to make them happy. Why are they unhappy? He's angry, he's jealous, he's egotistic. This, that, all the bad traits, they make the person unhappy. So the first thing to do is, how do you become happy? Remove anger. person's angry will never be happy. I'm mad at this one, mad at that one, I'm mad at this. You see people, they bear grudges. I'm mad at this, this one I don't talk to. That one I hate. This one I can't bear the sight of. The other one, da, 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 da. I've got a whole list of people. Right? Hold this up. Suppose you're going to remove anger from the heart. Now you're at peace with yourself. Now you're at peace with yourself. Serenity is impossible if you're easily agitated. Every little thing upsets you. I'm upset by this. The weather. How people? Today is a horrible day. I can't stand it. Da, 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 da. Tomorrow's going to be even worse. Da, 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 da. You know, we had like two weeks of rain. Right? Every day, that so guy has got a bad uh, disposition. Say, I can't stand this anymore. I can't bear this anymore. It's bad. They go agitated. So now, okay, so anger is the worst. Number one. So after, if you're not angry, it's already half the battle already. You're more serene, more placid. Number two. However, a person's always egotistic. They need kavod. They need kavod. need kavod. Today, I didn't get kavod. You guys don't give me enough honor. I walk in, no one stands up. I do here, no one says hello. No one, it's not kavod in this world. Supposed to go crazy, drive himself crazy. Who is the classic? Mm. Haman. What does Haman have? He has everything. And then uh, Mordechai, the Jew, won't stand up for him. All I have is worth nothing to me. Imagine, hard to imagine. So humility is a key also to happiness, contentment. But it's humble, won't worry about this one didn't say hello, this one didn't say this, this one didn't say this. So number one is he doesn't get angry. That's the very first level. Number two is it doesn't affect him. 
No one else can affect them because who are we? You can't affect me. Only trouble is, eventually, after 40 years, it's built up. 40 years later, I mean, you can understand. 40 years with these guys in the desert is a, is a major experience. Okay. So, humility is you want peace of mind? Be humble. And number three, you're out your mind. What's your out your mind? Who controls everything in this world? Who controls everything? A lot of things are not in our control. That's our trouble. They're not in our control. We can't control everything. So what happens? A person believes Hashem controls the world. If a person is controlled by chance, he can say, Look, my luck is bad. My luck is bad. Luck is bad. But we don't believe in luck. What do we say? En mazal Israel. Jews, we believe that tefillah, prayer, can change your luck. Masim Tavim, mitzvot, can change your luck. If a person does a mitzvah, it can change your luck. So a person says this, it's all from Shemaim. It's all from Shemaim. Says Rav Kahaneman, he used to collect money for Ponovich Yeshiva. And imagine, this is in the 40s, in the 40s. Imagine he's going around 48, just after the Second World War. He's going around, he's a rabbi, long beard, big black hat, going around America. Of all places, collecting money for Yeshiva in Panovich, which he didn't build yet. He's building it. And usually they threw him out. We talked to them. We were, some of just slammed the door in his face. His attitude was, okay, it didn't face me at all. God has many messengers. This guy's not the messenger. The other guy's not the messenger. There'll be a messenger. Hashem has many messengers. He wasn't faced. He'd get upset. You know, a lot of people get upset. Why? Because the ego. They get angry. Oh, there you throw the thing in my face. Who do you think you are? You don't know who I am. I'm Rav Kahneman. I didn't say that. We did Ahishtalut. I'm doing my, my, I'm trying my best. And that's it. It's amazing how really Hashem has many messages. If Hashem wants to get something to you, He'll get it to you. He'll get it to you through the back door. If you can't get through the front door, He'll get it through the back door. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. It's amazing. So that's a humble person, and a person who has your actual mind believes everything is from Hashem. Gam, Zu, Latoba. It's really pacifying. A person says, Gam, Zu, Latoba, it feels better already. Because they know this may be a key. A person loses his job. Hashem closing one door, now you got to look for the other door to open. you got to look for the other door to open. And usually Hashem closes the door, and He already opens the other door. The other door is open, you just got to think, what does Hashem want me to do? You have this opportunity, that opportunity, that opportunity. So a person's going to think, what does He want? So we've got to believe that Hashem is in control. A person needs to build up their emunah. If Hashem is in control, why am I worrying? I pray to Hashem. I believe Hashem is going to help me. Hashem, you worry about it. You do what's best for me. I believe you're going to do the best for me. Hashem says, you do. ah, you really believe it? Listen, we all have our test of emunah. We all have our test of faith. Everyone has a test of faith. There's no person who doesn't have a test of faith. Unless they're, gone, they're far gone that Hashem doesn't have to test them. What do you mean far gone? Hashem knows they don't believe in him anyway, so why are you going to test the faith? There's no test of faith for someone who doesn't believe. The test of faith is only for those who believe. Ah, you believe in me? Let me test your faith. And that's when the going gets hard. Abraham Vino had 10 tests. The truth is, in life, we all get tests. Everyone gets a test. There's sickness, there's financial worries, there's, there's always worries, there's always things. Every worry is a test. What's the test? But I believe in Hashem to get me through this. You know, if you really trust Hashem, a person's got to believe they're walking, holding on to Hashem's hand. You've got to imagine in your hand, you're holding on, 
your hand is up there, it's holding on to Hashem's hand. You're holding on to Hashem's hand. And this way a person has contentment in life. How do you get contentment in life? I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about Israel, I'm worried about the Arabs, I'm worried about this. A person will go crazy, go mad. So what do you do? The answer is, if you believe in Hashem, you're not going to go mad. If you believe Hashem is fair, Hashem is on your side, nothing will upset you. So this is amazing, this is amazing concept. Three things. What do we talk about? Number one we talked about is controlling anger. If you can get rid of your anger, already you're at peace of mind. If you can control your ego, peace of mind. If you can control your belief system and believe really Hashem will help you, peace of mind. Only trouble is, Hashem says, yeah, okay, I'm going to try you out. The Gemara says, when, when in those days when they made pottery jars, the potter would smack the jar to see if it's strong enough. Quality control. How do you quality control in a jar? You smack it a few times, bang it a few times, and see if it falls apart. If it falls apart, it's no good. You can't sell it. Because the guy's going to come back, and he's asked for another jar. A waste of time. Yeah, but isn't it the Etzatorah that's testing you out, not Hashem? Very good. But that's the job. Hashem told the Etzatorah, yeah, test him out. Hashem sent the Etzatorah to test the person. Ah, as we see, listen, explicit in the book of Job. Explicit. Yitzhak comes to Hashem, says this and this. Is, have you, uh, Hashem says, did you see my, my man, my, my tzaddik in the world, Eov? Have you seen him? He said, yeah, he's a big tzaddik. But why don't you test him? <laughs> he's a tzaddik before the test. Can he withstand the test of faith? That's the hardest test. That was the test of Abraham Avinu. Slaughter your own son. Test of faith. How do, you, how do I do that? Okay, so that's the Chavis Chaim's question. Chavis Chaim asked this question. How can a poor and a sick person be expected to satisfy with his lot? Okay, it's very fine. Everything's going well for a person. He's got a good job, he's got a good wife, he's got good children, he's got a beautiful house, and everything's going well, of course. Why not? It's easy to trust in Hashem. How is it possible for a person to trust in Hashem when they're sick? In the emergency ward, I trust in Hashem. In pain, a person's in terrible pain. How can he be satisfied with his lot? So look at this, he gives a mashal. Chavetz Chaim gives beautiful mashalim. He's, he's, a, he's a master mashalim. With the greatness of this rabbi, he, could have, he, he stoops low to give you stories. Why? Because he knows. How do you explain complicated things to people, simple people, without stories? You have to explain to them through a story. So he gives you an illustration. A diamond cutter. What kind of saw does he use? Diamond. A delicate, very delicate saw. You can't use a saw on a diamond. Right? It's very delicate, it's very small. It's, I never see one. It's called a diamond cutting tool. It's not called a saw, it's called a tool. The lumberjack, he needs a saw as well to cut his logs. He needs a big saw, massive saw, two people. So the diamond saw is more expensive. So the lumberjack says, you know what? Why don't I use a diamond cutting tool? Why am I bothering with this big saw? Let me use a diamond cutting tool to cut my trees. It's better, right? It's more expensive. Must be better, right? Can't work. Can't work. It's unsuited for his needs. So too everyone gets a test based on their needs. Hashem tools a test for their needs. It's hard to imagine. Hard to know what's going on. We believe that Hashem is in control. Hashem knows what He's doing. Hashem created every human being with a different mission in life. Every person has the physical, emotional tools to carry out the mission. The rich person is supplied with wealth to serve Hashem through charity. The afflicted person has the strength to withstand the suffering. A sick person who is struggling with illness and accepts his pain with faith is also passing his test. Maybe he's passing a better, a bigger test. 
poverty can be a bittersweet tool. Although the poor man may wish for wealth, if he deals with his lot with faith, he's reaching spiritual perfection through his faith. So a person has to be satisfied with their tools, which is our gifts that we have, and with our mission in life. What is our mission? Well, it depends on the person. Sometimes sickness is a mission. I mean, you see people who are sick and they're happy. Had a guy here, just passed away. When you saw him, he always give you a smile. Shalom ubracha. Very sick. Cancer. Very sick. Leukemia. Shalom ubracha. How is that possible? He worked on being in simcha. He worked on being in joy. Why? He didn't get angry. Well, I don't buy that. He didn't get angry. Not in front of me. Never got angry. He never had a bad ego. Never had a big ego. And he was serene. He accepted God's law. He knew God has a plan for him. He knew. Look at this. Rabbeinu Asher. This is the Rosh. You know, in the Ashkenazi Yeshiva, they have the custom of reading the Rosh. In Elul. I remember late in one of in Gateshead. We still learned the Rosh. Or Chod Chaim Rosh. I think we did it once. We did it. It's a very small book as well. And every day they learn a part of it. Or Chod Chaim Rosh. It's a very famous Musar book. So Rosh says, How do you develop a con- contented frame of mind? Desire that which your maker desires for you. Whatever he calls, gives you, that's what I want. Whatever Hashem gives me, that's what I want. It's so hard because we always want more. I was thinking about it myself. Whatever you want, you don't even get whatever half you want. Why? Because whatever you want, you want when you get it, you want double. You'll never get half of what you want. Why? Because whatever you have, you'd always want to double it. Always want to double it. You want to double it. You person end up with nothing. End up with not even half what they want. Your wife is pretty. You want a pretty wife. You want a house. You got a nicer house. I have a kitchen, but I want a nicer kitchen. I want the nicest stove. I want a nicer this. Whatever you have, it's always half. Not even half what you want. It's amazing. So he says, be content with what you have. If you want to be happy in life, you have to learn the art of contentment. It's so hard. And push all your burdens to Hashem. Gol al Hashem yehovcha. David Amalek says in Tehilim, throw your burdens on Hashem. Hu yekalkelkala. Hu yekalkelecha. He will sustain you. Hashem will sustain you. So Rapam, in Torah Vedat, he said a very famous thing. He said, people search desperately all over the world to find happiness, but they only realize it later on. It's just a state of mind. Happiness is in your mind. You can go from here to India and not find happiness. You can go to Kathmandu and with the, all those holy, so-called holy men sit around all day. I mean, they're happy. Why? Because people give them big donations. <laughs> they're very happy they go there meditating all day people get big donations very happy the truth is it's a state of mind happiness is a state of mind you go to the Gedolim what do they do? they live in very simple conditions I went to the Baba Sali before they built him a big house before, because when they built him a big house he died <laughs> he, he refused to go to the house he tried his best not to avoid it he wouldn't take gifts from people so what happened? he went to his house a little two bedroom thing with his five, six kids and you wait outside because there's no room inside to wait. There's a whole line on the stairs. Rabbi was in a tiny little Yeah, Rabbi Yashov was Remember all these things? So how do they do it? But they're happy. How are they happy? Because happiness has nothing to do with it. We're going to see. We're going to see. Happiness is not what you have. Happiness is in your head. Happiness is right inside. 
How do you make yourself happy? Number one is don't lose your temper. Number two is lower your ego. Number three is be happy with what you have, find contempt with what you have. Okay. <coughs> okay, so that's, that's the base of happiness. Three ingredients for happiness, three basic ingredients for happiness. Now we're moving on. And again, he goes back to Anava. He goes back to humility. This is one of the themes of Igerit Haramba to his son. Humility. He's banging away. Maybe, I don't know why. Maybe he knew his son had a, a, a pride or whatever it was. He's banging away at this Midah. But if he's talking to his son, he's talking to all of us. Ramban is talking to all of us. And this is what he says. A person, when he displays the character trait of Anava, to display shame or meek, meekness before man. And to have fear before God. That is Anava. Anava is to have shame before man. We know one of the three qualities of a Jew. What are the three qualities? Huh? Baishanim. Rachmanim. Three things. Baishanim. Baishanim implies humility. If I'm embarrassed, if I'm doing something, you walk in, it's a sign of humble. I'm not embarrassed. Man, who are you? Who cares? who cares who you are? I don't care who you are. I don't care who's watching me. I don't care. That's pride. So the humility is, a, is a, how do you show humility? By being embarrassed. Today, that's what something is lucky. What does the Gemara say in Sota? It says, That's the book, right? Chutzpah. I wrote the book. Alan Dershowitz wrote a book. Chutzpah. Today's generation is a generation of chutzpah. Why? They're not humble. You're not trained. America, you're not trained to be humble. You can't be president if you're humble. You've got to be the guy who boasts the most. If you boast the most and brag the most, I'm the greatest, I'm a multimillionaire, I'm da 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 da, I can do this, I can do this, and make America great again, we'll do it again, we'll do it. Then you're chosen. You say, Who am I? What am I going to do? Who am I? <laughs> Choose someone else. Get someone else. says, I want you. I don't want the other guy. I know the guy who talks big. I, talk, I want the guy who talks small. Why? Because then Hashem could show his power. If the guy talks big, people say, ah, oh, he did it. The guy talks small, he says, I can't do anything. She says, I want you. Why? I know you can't talk. That's the guy I want. I want the guy who can't talk. Why? Because then they'll know it's me, not you. Right? How could Hashem prove it's him, not Moshe Rabbeinu? Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu is a great, he's a warrior, and he's a scientist, and he's a doctor, and he's a general, and he's a king, and he was. But he wasn't. He was a shepherd. And Hashem chose him because now it's Hashem's power. <coughs> so stand before Hashem fearfully. Wow. This is Rav Nathan Svi Finkel. He was the altar of Slobodka. He was the founder of the Mir Yeshiva. He says, look what he says. By the way, the two yeshiva that survived the war his yeshiva, Slobodka and Mir. Slobodka was moved to Hebron, right? Hebron yeshiva. Even though they suffered, 29 people were killed in, in Hebron. They're still going. Go to Kiramatasdorf, uh, give up Mordechai, massive yeshiva. Hebron. That was Slobodka. And Mir yeshiva, you know the miracles uh, came here, it came there, uh, two missions. One yeshiva came two yeshiva. One in Brooklyn and one in Israel. 
So this is the Slobodka. He's the, he's the ultimate Slobodka. He was the, he was the founder. He constantly emphasized all people are precious. This week's parasha, because everyone is made in the image of Hashem. We're all precious. What do you mean the image of Hashem? Hashem is no image. And the answer is the soul was made in the image of Hashem. Everyone has a soul, and therefore we are precious. When you shower other people with kindness and respect, you're honoring Hashem. In his personal diary, the first entry over there, first resolution, try to be extremely careful, my fellow's honor, with patience, with a soft answer, never wants to get excited. To find ways daily, at the very least, weekly, of benefiting my friends. So that's number one resolution, is try and teach other, treat other people nice, nicely, with honor. And try and do something for them. So that's a very important criteria, a very important thing. This is, these are great people. Can you imagine, most people think, well, can, my resolution is how do I become wealthy first? How do I get this? How do I get this? How do I get that? How do I get it from this guy? How do I get it from this guy? His resolution is how can I give other people and make them feel good about themselves? And that's the difference between a giver and a taker. So a giver, it's interesting. The more you give, the more happy you are. It's interesting. People don't realize that. It's the giver who's happier than the taker. You know, when they trained us in yeshiva, they said you have a choice of fundraising. From a guy who's given millions of dollars or a guy who hasn't given. He's very rich. Who do you go to? I'm a giver. He says go to the giver. Why? Because they know the pleasure of giving. The guy who doesn't know the pleasure of giving doesn't know. He's not going to give. But the guy who knows the pleasure of giving will give. So a giver will give. Hashem is the giver. Hashem is the giver. Why is Hashem the giver? He created the world. Why did Hashem create the world? So Arizal says he wanted to give of his goodness to creation, to creatures. He wanted to give. How does he give? So he said the highest level of givenness is to give someone a job. So Hashem gave us a job. What's your job? Yeah, free choice. That free choice is your job. Your job is to conquer the Yetzirah. Every time you conquer the Yetzirah, you get, you get tremendous reward. Tremendous reward. Every time you do a mitzvah, tremendous reward. What do we say every day? Hashem wanted to give us more merits. And that's why he gave us more Torah and mitzvot. People don't realize. The more Torah you learn, the more merits you get. The more mitzvot you do, the more merits you get. That's Hashem gave us the ability to earn reward. So why didn't Hashem just give me the reward without earning it? Ah, that's called Nechama de Kisufa. That's called the bread of shame. You give someone a freebie, and the guy, easy come, easy go, and he feels like he's a pauper. Ah, he gave me money, and I don't feel good about it. But if I earn my living, he can't have anything. Now I feel, I feel self-respect, self-esteem. So the Mishra Yishayim says, this is, this is always hard. Someone was asking me on Shabbat, very good question. He asked me, he says, how come my Macharnim, we're talking about Shabbat, my Macharnim. There's four reasons for my Macharnim. Okay, first reason is, who, who is there? Melach Sedomi. Okay, there's no Melach Sedomi today. Number two. Prepare yourself for a mitzvah. Prepare yourself for, uh, you have to be pure for the Birkat Amazon. Number three is Rahra. You have to put my Macharnim in the vessel. Rahra, evil spirit. What's the evil spirit? So he asked me, where does the evil spirit come from? He really put me on the spot. So I was thinking to myself, I saw this amazing concept. This is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in the Gemara. I think Pesachim. Shimon Bar Yochai says, Hashem curses Adam. How does he curse Adam? Arur hadamah bavurecha. The ground will be cursed because of you. 
The question is, why is the ground cursed? They didn't listen to Hashem. Hashem says, make trees that taste like fruit. And uh, the ground says, no, if I make the tree taste like fruit, the people can eat the tree. There's not going to be trees. So the ground sinned. But Hashem didn't curse the ground. Hashem cursed the ground with Adam sin. Harur Adam Avorecha, kotz vedardar tetzimiach lach. You're going to eat, what's kotz? Thorns. Thorns and thistles. So Midrash says, Adam Rishon started crying. <laughs> thorns and thistles. You're crazy, me like a donkey. My donkey's eating thorns and thistles. I'm going to eat thorns and thorns and thistles. Hashem. So Hashem says, okay, not thorns and thistles. You will eat the sweat of your brow, we're going to eat bread. <coughs> right, so, according to this Gemara, Hashem changed it. it was, the curse was much worse. We're going to eat thorns and thistles. Imagine eating grass. So Adam Rishon cries, I'm going to be like my donkey. He said, okay, so, okay, so you'll eat bread, but you'll have to work for it. Okay, not so bad. Okay. So Rabbi Shimon Barichai says, I wish Hashem would not have given that option of eating bread. Because when a person makes bread, they feel like they did it. I made the bread. I'm good. If the guy would just eat thorns and thistles, he can't say, I did it. Eating grass. Hashem made it harder for us. Why? Because now he made it easier for our ego to say, I did it. That's the danger of eating bread. He says, you know what? Put this bread. I earned this bread. I made the million dollars. I did the business deal. I did this. I did this. Not you. Hashem. That's right. Potato today is so important. That's why I spoil that. If you didn't say potato today for three times a day, it's okay. It's a good after all. Huh? I don't know. That's just my uh, answer to him. I don't know if it's 100% true, but the fact is, we do find this concept by Rabbi Shimon Rafalash says this. By when he talks about Tumat, Tumat Met. It's a similar concept. Tumat Met is when you go and you get depressed. You gotta bury someone, you get depressed, that's the one minute. The depression of seeing death is the tumma. So say the other similar thing. The idea of the tumma is that a person his pride is the tumma. His rahra creates a rahra. Okay, maybe. So very important to realize how every human being is made in the image of Hashem, help other people, make them feel good. Try to be extremely careful of a person's honor with patience, with a soft answer, never wants to get excited. That's his resolution. So hard not to get excited. Some people make you excited just by seeing them. Some people make you excited by talking to them. Some people put you under pressure. They want to answer. Da, 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 they keep... Yeah. How about happily excited? Depends. Up to the point where it's not me. I'm happy, excited because I did something. I, it was I, I. Well, happy for some other people, yeah. So the Chavetz Chaim, they, they told the Chavetz Chaim, someone in the next town won the lottery. A Jew won the lottery. He made a party. He <laughs> said, why are you making a party? He said, you didn't win it. He said, ah, but I'm happy that he won it. <laughs> how do people like that? How do you get a person like that? I'm happy someone else is. What do you do? We're happy at weddings. I'm happy that we see another single couple married. Baruch Hashem, another less burden off my head. <laughs> Can't wait for them all to get married. A burden on my head. So Baruch Hashem, you're going wedding. You're happy for them. You're happy for yourself. You're happy for them. The food's good. You're happy for yourself as well. <laughs> so I just want to finish off. Mr. Ali Shari, chapter twenty-two. Every individual Hashem gave unique abilities, but what should not become proud 
because of that. We're all good at something. But says, listen, Hashem gave me a good brain. So, you know, I'm great. Great, got a brain. So, because you should become proud. That's, if you give your brain, you have a mission. A person who's wealthy has to rejoice. But at the same time, he can help those in need. A person who's strong, he's got to assist those who are weak. Hashem created this world like a household. Every servant has a job. We're all servants of God in this household. We all have a job. So there's no room for pride. You're a servant of the master. Was it no pride? Uh, I'm in charge of, uh, of the cooking. There's a pride. I'm, I'm the chef. I'm the chief chef. He's in charge of cleaning. He's a chief cleaner. Okay, what's, what's the pride? Each one has a task. There's no room for pride there. So a person's got to think of what they're good at and say, I'm in charge of this. I should put me in charge of this. Furthermore, he says, as a person becomes wealthier, their pride should get less. Why? You should become more humble by God's giving to him. Hashem is giving me more, the more humble they get. It's the other way around. In this world, the more they get, the more proud they get. No, but should be humble. Why is Hashem humble? David Amir says, in Tilly, how can I pay Hashem back for his kindness? How can I pay him back? How many people come to the rabbi and say, what can I do for Hashem? Happened to me, my father. Someone came to my father and says, Hashem did this for me, did this for me. What can I do for Hashem now? What can I give back? I want to give back to Hashem. That's a beautiful thought. That's a beautiful thought. What can we do for Hashem? The answer is, well, if you do what Hashem wants, you do for Hashem. You do the mitzvot. Because Hashem wants you to do it. You do it for Hashem. So, so we have to treat other people properly. And that's a sign of humility. Okay, we're going to stop here. And we'll continue with Hashem next week. Uh, next section. Yes, you can speak up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.